Are you an accredited investor looking for a new opportunity to generate passive income and build the retirement of your dreams? Then elevate your investment game with Viking Capital, where wealth meets wisdom. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting out, Viking Capital can help guide you towards financial freedom through passive real estate investing. With strong and transparent underwriting, Viking identifies low-risk opportunities with the goal of preserving investor capital and maximizing long-term growth potential. And their accessible and responsive investor relations team will help you understand how each investment will impact your unique financial goals. With $800 million in assets acquired, more than $230 million in equity raised, and more than 5,000 units under management, Viking Capital is your path to early retirement. To learn about Viking Capital's latest investment opportunity, which is available for you right now, visit go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best. That's go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best to get started today. Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, Promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Be true to yourself. Recognize at what point is it actually too much and when to cut your losses appropriately. It's healthy to push your boundaries. It's unhealthy to push your boundaries beyond where they really should be in the first place. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Slocum Reed and I'm here with Vadim Ray. Vadim lives nomadically, but he's joining us now from Sacramento, California. He is a deputy director of investor relations at Fairwinds Capital Investments and principal at Achieve Your Dream Capital. They both focus on apartment syndication. Currently a GP of over 350 units and an LP of over 2,000 units. Vadim, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're currently focused on? It's Lokom, absolutely. Happy to be here. So for me, I was born in Ukraine, raised in LA, went to college in Boston, served in the Navy in DC and Norfolk, Virginia. And while I was serving, I realized I wanted a different path for my life outside of military service. Wanted to give back to the community, give back to the world while being able to take care of myself more easily, really, and, and live life on my terms. 
And I found real estate investing, more specifically multifamily investing through syndications. Realized literally the bigger the project, the more people I got to help all at once. And the more I could create the life I really want to live. So I got started back in 2019 and met up with a couple other Navy guys in Hampton Roads. We hit it off. We did a project together. Loved how we worked together. Decided to start Fairwinds Capital. And we haven't looked back since. We've only looked forward. Growing pretty steadily with 369 units as a team, a little more if we divvy up our individual portions and combine them together. And then we're still growing. We've got a 208 unit under contract we're working on in San Antonio. We're looking to do at least one or two more deals by the end of the year. I guess close to a thousand and keep on growing from there. Nice. So you said you started in 2019. When did you acquire the 369 units that you have currently? Between June 2020 and last deal we closed was this past March. So just shy of two years. Gotcha. So we are recording in August of 2022. The majority of that acquisition happened or at least got under contract before we started experiencing, I would argue we were experiencing inflation in 2020 and 2021, but the interest rate crunch didn't really start until after you had your current portfolio, at least under contract, at least from the sounds of the timing. Is that correct? Yeah, it's correct. Gotcha. So let me ask then, how many deals was it from 2020 to March of this year? That's between six and eight deals. Nice. So how has your underwriting changed since then, given the different economic climate we find ourselves in now? Yeah, good question. We're always looking at the classic niche term, conservative underwriting. How do we do it? And really, we're no different than most conservative underwriters. We focus on some sort of cash flow day ones. We underwrite to the financials today. We give ourselves some buffer room for some things within our control. We know we can raise rents in certain markets on certain properties because they're so far below market rent. There's only one way to go, and that's up even without really trying. We know we can bring in a property management team that cares and is professional and has the experience to make the basics happen. So we leave ourselves some buffer room there to account for some very low-hanging fruit, as we call it. Outside of that, we just adjust for the interest rates. We can only afford so much of a debt service. So we account for that. Can we afford the debt service? And are we achieving a 1-1 and 1-2 disker? Great, let's go forward. And if not, we make sure that we at least have a loan that can account for that, perhaps with some interest reserves, a team that understands, gives us flexibility with interest-only payments, and as much of the rehab being fully funded as possible. Gotcha. So let me share a narrative here and let you tell our best ever listeners how closely it aligns with your current experience. Yes, Every sponsor of any syndication says conservative underwriting. So you're right. Everybody says that. That being said, conservative underwriting has gotten very difficult recently in acquisitions, especially when you have sellers who are not willing to come off of the 2021 high in a mid to late 2022 economy where inflation is finally being reported at rampant rates and you're seeing interest rates increase 
and the trailing behind but also increasing cap rates. Let me make a very grossly broad statement and let you react to it. If you keep underwriting conservatively the way that you did in 2020 and 2021, you're not going to get any deals in 2022 because you're not going to write offers that sellers and brokers are willing to accept. Does that hold weight with you? Has that been your experience? That absolutely has. We've looked at several deals over the last couple months where the sellers are certainly stuck in 2021 and 2020, as you said. We've found at least, though, that a lot more of them, and especially on the broker side, there's a bigger palette for seller financing and seller carryback. So we've been able to put that into a lot of our offers and not be outright rejected like was the case in 2020 and 2021. So now we're seeing that offers just look different. We're seeing, hey, if the seller wants full price, well, they better be prepared to do some seller carry, some sort of seller financing to make that price stick. Otherwise, we've walked away from 99% of deals. We've negotiated back and forth and simply doesn't make sense. So we walk away. Any of the deals that do make sense that we get into had bidding wars and we've walked away from those. And that's why we really like to focus on off-market deals as much as possible. Vadim, I'm an apartment owner operator in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'm working on a deal right now. It's off-market, but you could say that I'm working up an LOI right now. It's a 30-unit value is well under 2 million being intentionally vague because I don't have it under contract. I may not have it under contract when this episode airs, but it's owned free and clear. So I'm looking at an opportunity to do a full seller carry balloon after two years type thing to give me the opportunity to get it in, get it repositioned and then either refi or sell. At the end of the day, though, this is a seller who has 2021 price expectations for a property that's not performing. And when I'm structuring a deal that necessitates seller financing, I'm doing it so that in the long run, the seller can get a higher number. Well, I'm doing that in mid to late 2022 at a time when apartment values might be and maybe ought to be coming down to match increasing cap rates and increasing interest rates. So I'm trying to structure a deal where I can afford to pay more for the property if I don't have to pay it until sometime two years in the future. And I don't know where values are going to be. And I don't know where my cash out refi or selling potential is going to be. So I'm getting caught in this just because I can pay the money or just because I can get the capital ponied up to the seller in the future doesn't mean I can necessarily justify a higher price and still sell for the gain that would justify the deal or get the cash out refi that would justify the deal, the bonus equity for making the property perform. It sounds like with seller financing becoming a part of your offers currently that you're doing some similar math. Tell us how is this math working out for you Offering seller carries so that you can increase your overall purchase price, but doing it in the economy that we're experiencing at the moment, how are you making those numbers work for the sake of your LOI? And if it's not too much to ask at once, why do you think it is that sellers still aren't going with your offers that get them more money? Great questions. So for us, making numbers work is really focusing on what's within our control. When we look at projects, we're looking at ones where the seller, lazy, tired, doesn't care for whatever reason, 
is not performing on the property as it should. So we know that there's a built-in delta between where it should be performing in today's market without any significant upgrades, just running it better, really, that being the main upgrade, just better operations, a property management team that cares, changing the community aspect. And that's what we focus on. So let's say we look at a deal that's 150 bucks below market rent as is. Well, then even if the market goes down 25 bucks, we're still 125 bucks below market rent. So there's still a delta for us to close. Now, why don't some of these sellers go for our offers? Well, because they're still stuck on those 2020, 2021 prices. I don't blame them. Those prices were fantastic for sellers. We got caught too, actually trying to sell off part of our initial portfolio where we listed it just before interest rates shot up. And in the middle of the listing, interest rates shot up. So a lot of potential buyers, even though they love the portfolio, they see the value in it. They're just waiting for the market to cool off to make sense of how to operate the portfolio we're trying to sell. And so we get it both from the buyer standpoint and the seller standpoint. We're holding strong to our prices. We just happen to be in an area that's gentrifying very, very well and has a very strong short-term rental market. We're pretty confident in the market we're selling in. And the markets we buy in, we're not just going to go in blindly. We're going to be quite sure of the numbers before going in. And sometimes it just doesn't work. It's okay. So we'll play the waiting game. We'll be patient. There's always going to be a deal. And it's better not to do a bad deal than to commit to a bad deal and then lose it all. Vadim, you might be surprised, you might not be surprised at how many investors in your position just don't understand where sellers are coming from, but then go to list their own property and wonder why they can't get the prices they want. So thank you for sharing that, that you have that frame of mind to recognize that you were that seller who was looking to get the same thing. That leads me to ask, are you shifting your hold period expectations at all right now, both for the deals you currently have and for the stuff that you're looking to acquire? Yeah, just a little bit. So we're looking at a three to five year hold period now. And really a business plan is flexible and it always should be. I get concerned with investors who say, well, the hold period says three to five years. Why are you willing to hold it longer? Because things change and we're looking out for you and we're looking out for the property. Or some will say, well, everyone's selling in one to two years today, why are you choosing to hold longer? Well, the market's shifting. We have to plan for a longer hold. And one of the first deals we ever did two years ago as a team, we planned for an eight to 10 year hold. Well, the market shot up and we sold part of it in a year and got everyone their money back about three to four years sooner than anticipated. So we found a lot of investors and even syndicators who are lacking appreciation for how much the market is turning. And then we have a lot of investors and fellow syndicators who have a deep appreciation for how the market is turning and are being patient about it and recognizing, okay, some are choosing to hold back and wait on the sidelines a little bit longer, find some more stability in the market before they jump back in. And then others who believe in the mantra of there's always a deal. You just got to be patient for it. As long as the numbers make sense, as long as the market makes sense, Go all in. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. 
It's no secret that everyone is trying to find a recession-proof investment right now. What if you could invest in one of the most recession-resilient asset classes of the last 25 years with one of the best teams in the U.S.? Self-storage is that asset class, and Reliant Real Estate Management is that team. Reliant Real Estate Management is the 17th largest storage operator. They have sold over $1 billion in self-storage assets and have lost no investor principal with the average project-level IRR of 33% in the last three years. Right now, you can be one of the first to invest in their next fund at ReliantFund4.com. Fund 4 is a $100 million equity fund with seven properties already identified to close before the end of 2022. If you're an accredited investor, visit ReliantFund4.com to download the investment summary and schedule a call with Reliant's experienced team. That's ReliantFund4.com, R-E-L-I-A-N-T-F-U-N-D-F-O-U-R.com. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. All things considered, whether or not we can call this a recession, what we are experiencing right now, it is very interesting in that employment rates are now back to pre-COVID highs, unemployments at pre-COVID lows. And we're still seeing wage growth. Whether or not wage growth is pacing with inflation, it depends on your industry, depends on your market, of course, but we still have wage growth and we still have very solid employment. So especially when you combine that with single family owner occupant real estate being the hardest hit by the interest rates that we're experiencing right now, the tenant base across the country is basically strengthening. They're more employed, they're making higher wages, and fewer of them are breaking out of rendership into home ownership. Fun tidbit, happy to connect with any best ever listeners on this outside of the episode, but for every 1% that residential owner-occupant interest rates go up, borrowers lose on average 10% of their affordability, that their monthly payment is going up 10% for every 1% that interest rate goes up. So when you see interest rates go up by 2% in six months, you're losing 20% of your affordability. And a lot of those people are staying in apartments. So I say all of this to say that heading into tumultuous times in our national economy, it's quite possible that apartments continue to perform strongly and outperform other investment vehicles and commercial real estate asset classes in general. And I imagine watching your apartments, Redeem, outperform a lot of other investment vehicles that your investors could be in is going to play into holding on to some of those properties longer because the returns are growing better in your deals 
than they are for your investors in the other places outside of apartments that they are invested. Do you have any target metric? I'm not a syndicator, but I'm imagining a conversation where my LPs are asking me why I'm continuing to hold instead of selling now. And I'm imagining that there's a metric that could be turned to, to say, look, if we sell right now, then the overall internal rate of return on this deal will be lower than we anticipated last year. But our projection is we hold on for two more years and X metric, whatever it is, will actually be higher. And over the life of this investment, the return will have been greater. Do you have a number, a metric, a piece of data, any analytics that you're pointing to to say, look, guys, I know your capital is still in this deal, but the growth of your capital will be stronger if we keep it in the deal. Do you have a number or a metric for that? That's a good question. We don't have a specific number per deal, but we certainly look to commit to our original business plan as much as possible. We're usually looking to return at least 70% of investor capital to make a refinance worth it. And then we at least look to, depending on the hold period, still we're looking at least high teens average annual returns to make it worthwhile if we're choosing to exit early. And if we're unable to reach those returns or reach that cash out refinance target, then we'd rather hold. Our partners are still getting tax benefits. They're still making great money for the long term. And if they're in it to have their money out sooner, well, then they're certainly in the wrong business and they're certainly using the wrong strategy for that. So we always talk to our investors and we let them know upfront, don't plan on this being a liquid asset. If you need this money sooner than the next two years and you're not comfortable holding it longer, please don't invest with us. Please wait until you're ready. So the investors that do commit with us are pretty ready to stay in as long as necessary. We always advise for a three to five year timeline on average, sometimes a little longer, sometimes a little shorter, really depends on the market, as you know. Vadim, with a lot of your focus being in investor relations, are there any other conversations you're having or any other pressing questions that your LPs are asking you about your deals aside from why is my money still in them? <laughs> well, fortunately, we've been able to return a lot of investments to a lot of our initial investors over the last year. A lot of them are happy to put their money to work on a second deal, a third deal, all with the same initial investment. In terms of questions that we found a lot of investors asking, they're all really looking for certainty. They want to know why we believe in the markets we're in. They ask how confident we are in the business plan. Our business plan is straightforward every time. We don't try to do anything tricky. We don't try to do anything innovative. We stick to what works and what really works is caring. We bring care to all our properties through our property management team, through our rehab and through our overall operations where something's broken, we fix it. We don't waste time trying to figure out how to save a buck here or there. We focus on the community aspect for our residents. For example, we have one property in Houston where our property management team has in community events. Pretty much each event, I think we've had anywhere from a third to half of the residents show up and it's changed morale on the property drastically. And that same property actually had to two chillers break right as the summer season kicked off. 
So there was no time to waste to get those fixed. So that happened over the weekend. We had an emergency repair team out there the next day. They fixed it and took care of it. And I think that same day or maybe the day after. That was all on the weekend. And, and we're willing to pay the premium to present that new community aspect for residents. Because the more you show that you care, the stickier the residents are and the stronger the community is. And that's a win-win-win for everybody involved. Awesome. Vadim, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I am. Great. What is the best ever book you've recently read? I am currently reading Who Not How. And that is a huge mindset shift. It's something I think about all the time. And instead of thinking about how you can do something yourself or how you can make something happen, consider who can help you make that happen. There are plenty of experts all around any space you want to be in. They're experts who are already succeeding in whatever you need to make happen. You just got to bring them on board somehow. Yeah, I read that book recently and it led to one of them was a hire. One of them is more like a partnership. I have a lot of experience bouncing around different investment strategies within real estate. A lot more bouncing around in residential than commercial. But I know personally that book helped me recognize what it is that I bring to the table for some people and what I need to be getting off of my plate. The things that I'm just not doing because I don't have time. So I ended up recognizing that I have a lot of experience and expertise to share from. There are a lot of newer investors who are interested in learning and working to learn instead of working to earn. I did a couple of things. One is I was at a point where as an active owner operator, I am the property management company as well as the asset management and everything else. I ended up hiring what I call an apprentice who started out basically as just an intern doing interny things, but is growing over the course of a year into handling more sophisticated aspects of the day-to-day operations of my portfolio resulting from that book. But also I realized lead generation, finding new deals. That's the first thing that I drop off when I get really busy. So what I ended up doing was finding someone who wants to get into real estate full-time and is interested in apartments. And I came up with a deal where basically like, here, I'll feed you a list. You reach out to these people first, have the conversation, ping me about what I think about the property. And then you do the follow-up until they're ready to sell and they have a number that we can work with. And I'll cut you in really nice as soon as we actually get a deal done and just let her run with it and let her learn from getting her reps in, going direct to seller, but also letting her learn from my experience, my analysis of these properties that she's sending me. And just a couple of weeks ago, I actually closed on my first property that I would not have even known about had I not equipped her to start making those contacts for me. So yes, big fan of Who Not How. Who Not How led to my most recent deal. Vadim, what is your best ever way to give back? Good question. One of my best ever ways is actually something I did just last week. And that's why I'm in Sacramento right now is giving back to a community and organization that's dear to my heart. It's called the NorCal Center for Services to the Deaf and Hard of Hearing. They run a camp called Camp Grizzly, which is for deaf kids, hard of hearing kids, and kids who grew up with deaf family members. Both of my parents are deaf, which is how I'm connected to it. And I volunteered my time to help run the camp this past week for about 45 campers, 13 CITs, and we had about 20 staff. And I led the CIT program there. It's an amazing six-day experience where... We were able to 
create a life-changing experience for just about every camper that was there and even for most of the staff. That's awesome. Vadim, thus far in your commercial real estate investing career, what's the biggest mistake you've made and the best ever lesson that resulted from it? Hmm. Biggest mistake. We as a team got quite eager uh, a few months ago, pretty much at the end of last year, and took on four deals at once, totaling 600 units and change. And we were following the mantra, if you have a deal, the money will follow. And that simply did not work out for us the way we anticipated. And we're still reeling from some significant losses on on trying to tackle four properties at once like that. Gotcha. Those losses being lost due diligence money and good faith deposits? Yeah. Gotcha. So how would you best articulate the lesson there? The lesson there is know how far you're stretching your limits and be true to yourself. Recognize at what point is it actually too much and when to cut your losses appropriately. It's healthy to push your boundaries. It's unhealthy to push your boundaries beyond where they really should be in the first place. And that's a little bit of an art, a little bit of a science, and and really requires a lot of mentorship. And that's where we also had a big lesson learned was having a mentor close to us throughout every step of the process, just to double check us. We don't know what we don't know. And that's what a mentor is there for, is to provide you the right guidance, a mentor or coach, to double check your guidance, double check your steps, because they've been there, done that, and they can help you avoid those mistakes. And now we get to be one of those mentors and coaches. On that note, mentor, coach, what is your best ever advice? Be strong about your why. The why is your foundation of everything you do in your life. And it makes it that much easier to be clear about what you're doing and for what purpose. And when you're clear with that, everything else falls into place. You won't make excuses about getting things done. You're just going to get them done. Nice. And where can people get in touch with you? Easiest way to get in touch with me is via my email, vadim at fwcinvestments.com, which I'm sure will be in the show notes. Yes, it will. Vadim, thank you. Best ever listeners, thank you as well for tuning in. If you've gained value from this episode, please do subscribe to our show. Leave us a five-star review and share this with a friend who's in real estate investing who you know we can add value to through this conversation. Thank you and have a best ever day.